0: Hi, this is Diva Cerebration, and um, just talking about a story that's in the news, big in the news, about Shanquilla Robinson, who was literally murdered in Mexico. Um, I th- I can't remember the name, if it's Cabo San Lucas, I'm not sure, but Uh, staying at a resort town down in Mexico and because it is it happened in Mexico it's been over almost a month Uh, today's almost a month that this happened Uh, she left to go on vacation on October 28th and um, on October 29th she was dead like she went down there with five other people or six friends I guess and she was one of the six um and the next day she was dead <laughs> and I've watched uh, a few news reports on it you know it's not totally clear um what people are saying happened but I I don't know what I've gathered from it and I initially saw the video. I did see the video like when it was going viral and it was not being edited or kept out of news reports. Um, I saw the video of apparently someone who is quote unquote considered her friend um, who had been on this trip with her. Just beating the living, just pummeling her with punches to her head, her neck, her upper body. Um, as she's standing there, nude. And I've heard, you know, reports say that they're not sure that this is her. But her father and her mother, excuse me, have gone on the record to say that this is her. You know, and that's their daughter in the video. So that's all I need to know. And apparently they were sent the video, and that's why the video got out into the public. And that's why they put it out into the public, because, you know, we're, we're heading on the end of, Dece- of November here. Their daughter died before the end of October, and there wasn't anything being done about it. Um, but the video shows this, this other woman... Saying something to her. And this is what I saw. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, not verbatim. But this is what I can remember. Because the video isn't out there anymore. They've taken it down. Because it's been said to be very shocking. And it was shocking. When I, it came up. I can't remember what. If I was watching a social media. If I was on social media seeing it. Or. If I was on YouTube. And I saw it. I can't, I can't remember where I saw it, but when it came up and the report said what had happened, and they showed the video, I was really shocked by what I was seeing, Um, especially since they had said that these were supposed to be her friends, but I was really shocked by what I was seeing because, you know, she was standing there totally naked, and this woman is totally clothed, looks like she had come in from the outside maybe I don't know I mean I'm just assuming she was already in the room and she's saying to her that she was tired of her stuff and she just starts pummeling her like a rag doll she just and and uh, Robinson the the person who was murdered is just So shocked by it that she's, I don't think she knew what to do, or she is, uh, has already been abused by the other person who's in the room, who is actually holding the phone and videotaping this other woman beating up on Robinson. (laughs) Shaquilla, I think is her name. Shaquilla, I think that's how you pronounce her name. And he's sitting there videotaping it. And what does he do? Does he get up to stop the fight? No. Does he say, hey, what the, you know, are you doing? No. He doesn't say anything like that. He calmly sits there as if what he is watching is normal. Right? Which is disturbing to begin with. And he says to... Robinson, who's the person getting beat up on, pummeled by this other woman. Why aren't you even fighting back? Fight back. Uh, Why aren't you fighting back? Vince laughs. He laughs. Which, the first thing that goes through my head, if I walked in on this scene, which, unfortunately, we did because he took the video as if, like, why are you videotaping this? Like, how sick are you to videotape this? And how much had been videotaped before this scene was videotaped, right? And I'm just looking at her. She's naked. He's sitting there calmly. Did he rape her? Had he been beating up on her? I mean, you have to understand that this is only less than 24 hours later, probably, from when they arrived in Mexico. So what's going through my head is, what's he done to her? Why is he being so calm, like like almost psychopathically calm about the fact that she's getting pummeled from one side of the room to the other and then she falls on the ground? He does nothing. He sits there the whole time and does nothing. I mean, I as a woman would have even jumped up. And stopped that fight. I would have even gotten between. That crazy woman who was beating her. And stopped her. At some way. But this is a guy. Who could have gotten up and stopped her. And probably bigger than the woman. And probably could have stopped the whole thing. And he just sits there. And he does nothing. And he's you know. Saying to the person getting pummeled. Why aren't you fighting back? Well. If he has done something to her before the other woman entered the room, like rape her or beat him, beat her himself, then that's why she's not doing anything. She's already in shock, you know, and she's probably shocked that this person has walked in the room and started. I mean, it was just so weird that she just kind of was standing there nude. And then where this video starts is this woman saying that she's tired of her. I think she says she's tired of her shit, right? And then she starts beating up on her. So the next thought that comes into my head is, okay, they just got there. Were they somehow, did they take her clothes? Did they take her things from her? And they are keeping her in a hostage situation inside that room. And then from what I understand from the reports, the woman getting beat on is... um, um, she owns her own business. So is she paying for all this? You know, is she she has her own business. So are they taking her cards, her money, and just living it up on her dime? Right? And then, you know, beating her into submission? I mean, I you know, who knows? But Shanquilla is obviously despondent. Which, you know, having her, you know, her be a person who owns her own business, I would doubt that she would just stand there and take this, right? And again, let's mention that this is less than 24 hours after they arrived there. Is this something in the dynamic of this group? Or is this something that just started when they got there, where they were abusing her? Has this been something that they've been working on? Now, I you know, I know all of us have had crazy people in our lives at one point or another. I mean, they're out there. They're everywhere. They're all around you. They're they're at your work. They're in your church. There's nutty, crazy people out there. And we've all had experience with them. But then when they get into your personal life, which I've had that happen to me, they get into your personal life, and then you get to see a new level of psychotic that comes out of these people. And I could see her getting into a situation if she just kept you know pushing it to the side what these people might have been doing to her over time uh, psychotic people tend to make you, you know they, they're sort of gaslight you and make you feel like what's happening isn't real or that you're making things up in your head or they're not really as bad as you make them out to be because they need to get control of you and they need to get you to a point where you either are so embarrassed or so humiliated that you won't say anything about what they're doing to you and then it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper me i really don't care what anybody thinks so if somebody's doing something to me uh, and other people can see that they're doing stuff to me and they're going along with it, then I don't want none of those people in my life anymore. I want them gone. I want that person who's doing it to me gone and anyone who's around them gone. And I have... I, I guess when I was younger, maybe this girl was twenty is, was 25 years old before they murdered her, literally murdered her in Mexico. Um, but... When I was around that age, I guess I was still trying to get people to accept me at a certain level, but I, there was only so much I would put up with, only so much I would put up with before you would be gone out of my life, and I would just prefer to be alone than to have anyone around me, and um, same thing with dating, you know, if, if, you know, everybody I was dating was a jerk, then I'd just stop dating every, I'd be by myself. I have no problems being by myself. I had uh, uh, an apartment, like a little efficiency apartment where I lived by myself. Of course, there were other people in the building, so I wasn't really alone. But I had my own space, and I loved that when I was in college. I loved being alone. You know, everybody wants to have a roommate. Heck no, I don't. I don't want to have people around. I like having my own time, my own time alone, my quiet space to be able to hang out, watch TV by myself, sit and eat popcorn. You know, everybody, you know, gets to the point where they want to have people around them all the time. I'm not that person. I like going out and having fun with my friends. Yeah, I want to be around other people. I'm very social, but I also like having time alone. And that's how I've always known that, you know... I'm not going to put up with people because I'm okay with being alone. If somebody does something to me that I don't like, if I'm dating someone, even if I'm living with someone, even if I'd be married to someone, I'm not going to put up with stuff from people if it goes too far. And to watch this video, this is a girl who maybe is on the opposite of that spectrum. She's putting up with a lot, maybe, just to have people around. And I, I, I guess one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is to say to people, don't put up with that kind of abuse. If you have watched um, this girl's video, Shanquilla's video, uh, it's out there. Um, and you've seen how she was getting treated. And then look where it goes. It, it, it just escalates to where people think that they can abuse her even further because maybe she allowed the abuse and they killed her. They went so far in their abuse that they killed her. And <clears throat> what I find even more confusing is that the authorities down there, you know, her friends called her parents and said that she had alcohol poisoning, which was a bold lie. Right. And then her body shows up back in America with, um, her father talks about how she had a puffed up black eye, you know, it was puffed up and closed. Uh, her face was bruised. Her lip was, you know, broken. I mean, this person beat her silly and it might've not just been that person. That woman might not have been the only person who did it, right? There might have been other people, like the guy sitting there videotaping it, had he been beating on her before um, that girl came in. I mean, I mean, she was totally naked, you know, had he raped her. You know, what was going on in that room? That, first of all, Shankwella didn't leave the room as soon as that woman showed up. And why didn't she run out? Why didn't she leave? She obviously felt she couldn't. Why was she despondent? Why didn't she fight back? She obviously felt that she couldn't. Things had been happening before that videotape had been made to make Shanquilla feel, number one, despondent. Number two, feel like she couldn't do anything. You know, (laughs) uh... And that she would stand there and take that from somebody. And she's standing there in the buff, no clothes. Like I've said, did they take her clothes from her? Were they keeping her in the room within 24 hours of getting there? Had they started this from the time they got there? And from what I understand, they rented a home. So this wasn't like a hotel room where other people could hear what was going on this is like being in a house your own home and someone abusing you so they had her alone with nobody else around with behind a house where they could abuse her continually and it was two of them in the room where were the four or five other people that had come on the trip right where were the rest of them why weren't they there And why was she left alone with these two people? And no clothes. I don't see, I I can't remember if I saw a suitcase anywhere. So did they lock her in this room and then just take off with her money? I mean, was that the plan for the whole group? Was just to use her? Had they been using her in the past for her money? I've seen that. I've seen a whole group just use somebody for their money. And that person just keeps caving and paying, caving and paying. Because if they don't cave and pay, then there's going to be retaliation from that group. It may not be as severe as the retaliation we've seen in this story, but there's going to be retaliation, especially if you're off on a trip in Mexico somewhere, right? Maybe she refused to pay for something. Maybe she said, hey, we're on vacation. I'm tired of paying for everything. Who knows what happened? But they got her in a room. She has no clothes. I don't see any suitcases around, etc. So there's a lot going on here. For And then we find out that the FBI has stepped in. And the reason that the FBI stepped in, I think, is to uh, escalate the case. Because I listened to an international lawyer who spoke on this and he said, The reason that Mexico didn't pursue this any further is this is a vacation spot. They, of course, don't want to cause any international fear of people coming to that vacation spot because if you've been watching the news over the last year, how many people have died down in Mexico? There have been a few deaths at these beachside vacation spots where Americans have just died. It's like... And, and, and the person they went with was the reason that they died. It's like people who have planned to murder someone feel like they can go to Mexico and murder them and nothing's going to get done. Take, them, take the person to a vacation spot and murder them and nothing will get done because Mexico needs that tourism so badly that they won't say anything. They'll just let it go. And it seems that way, doesn't it? Because there's been several murders that... You know the, the the person who who did the murder was in their clutches, sitting there in front of them, and they let the person go and come back to America as if they thought they could do nothing about it, right? And I'm not real sure about international law, but I would think if you know someone murdered somebody, you wouldn't let them go. You would put them in jail. You would contact American authorities and let them take it from there give them the information you had, you know, work with them, cooperate with them, but make sure that that person went to jail back in America for murder, right? But it seems they just let these people fly the coop. I I mean, how many people have murdered people in Mexico and then just gone to another country and gotten away with it makes you wonder? So these people, this whole group of people... I can't remember, I think they said six other people were with them, or if it was six people total, including the person, the, the woman, the young lady, 25-year-old Shakuela, who got murdered. But they let all six people, if there were six extra people, go back to America. And on top of that, they gave those Friends, quote-unquote, which we all know they're not friends if they let this happen and they just left her body there and ran. Um, I can understand if there were other people that weren't involved that were on the trip. I can understand them being like, I'm out of here. I did not do this. I'm out, you know? But they let these two in the room take off that were on the videotape. Anyway, even if they had kept all six of them, they would have eventually found out it was those two who had done it, Right. They let them leave the country. They let them go back to Mexico and they let them I'm sorry, that was my alarm. One of my alarms went off. They let them go back to Mexico and or not, not they let them leave Mexico and go back to America and they didn't charge them with anything, even though their autopsy report in Mexico said that she had a um uh, head, she had head injuries, she had neck injuries. Like, they, they broke her neck. That's how she died. She, one of her upper vertebrates were broken, and they broke her neck. That's how she died. And apparently, when the medical team came to the room, these, these friends were saying that they just told her, no, 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 we don't need her to be taken to the hospital. The, this alcohol poisoning, that's what they told the parents these friends called and told the parents that we told her, no, we we don't need her to be taken to hospital. She has alcohol poisoning and then she died later, is what they told the parents. And then they flee and go back to America, right? But all along, they basically had just lied to her parents all along. uh, It was a broken neck. It was, you know, contusions on her face, you know, the eye, the lip, everything that the father saw when her casket showed up with her body back in America that she had had all this she'd been beat to death so why did the Mexican authorities let these people go and come back to America and not put them in jail and have them extradited by American police or American authorities back to America so now they're trying to get um, Mexico is trying to get the people who were responsible brought back to Mexico to be tried well if you kept them there in the first place Mexico instead of trying to sweep it under the blanket and not say anything about it then maybe they would still be there and they'd be in jail and and justice would be served but you let them all run back to America and as I said they took her luggage as well they let these six people who you know, possibly a few of them had murdered her, take Shanquilla's luggage back with them. So I'm sure they rooted through everything, trying to find money or whatever, or any kind of implications that tied them to the murder. And I want to know how they got the video of, like, if that guy was sitting there videotaping this happening to this woman, for some reason, I, maybe he thought that if he turned that video in of the woman beating up on the other on Tranquilla, that it would get him off the hook. But really, him sitting there and letting that happen and then videotaping it makes him an accessory to the murder. If that is, if that's what killed her. And then you have to wonder, why was he in the room? Why was he videotaping it? Why was Shanquilla naked in the first place? What had he done to Shanquilla before he turned on the camera and had that video? What other videos might be on his phone that connect him to the case? Now, at this point, they've only arrested the woman, I think, who was in the video shown beating up on Shanquilla. But I would have to say that they they'd have to figure out what that guy was doing before he turned on the phone camera to Shanquilla. Why was she naked? Why was this woman walking in, in why was this woman in the room fully clothed beating up on her? I mean, so you know did something happen and they were all naked together and then She got dressed, and I mean, I just cannot get it out of my head why Shanquilla was totally nude, and you don't see her clothes, you don't see any suitcases. They had her pinned up in that room, and so quickly after they had gotten to the vacation spot. So it seems like a planned event. And I think this just, the fact that first of all, the woman was beating up on her the way she was, but the fact that that man was sitting there and not responding and saying to her, why aren't you fighting back? You know, I mean, at least try to fight back. It just shows how insidious this whole situation is. That, how can you sit there as a man and let a woman beat up another woman and not get in between and stop it? And it shows how normalized, because the fact that he thought he could videotape this maybe it was for his own personal fun to watch again, I don't know, which is sick but how domestic abuse, domestic violence child abuse, all kinds of abuse have become almost an epidemic not just in our country, but around the world so that Watching someone get beat up in this manner, uh, you know, and to sit there and videotape it, this guy, it, the effects of child abuse, the effects of domestic abuse, the effects of just social media and reality TV, where people just sit back and watch people getting beat up and knocked around, is so, it's normalized people getting beat up like that. So that people think they could sit back and just videotape it and watch it and laugh at it. Instead of intervening and stopping it. And because so many people have witnessed child abuse, um, domestic violence against women in marriages and partnerships and, and, and significant other relationships is just so normal. Or they've even witnessed sexual abuse... It's become so normal because it's so pervasive because it just keeps happening and nobody's doing anything. But I mean, people rape people and they get away with it in this country. They go to court and they still get away with raping somebody. And it's written off as the victim doing something to have deserved getting sexually assaulted or raped, which is wrong, by the way. But It does make you wonder if just physical, emotional, sexual violence is just being normalized so much because it's so pervasive in our society. I think it's an epidemic. I think it's an epidemic that really needs to be looked at. I think it's an epidemic that really needs to be, you know, researched and conquered. And we need to stop it before this becomes so normal that people just look the other way when, you know, it's already happening. You be out in public and people are beating up on each other and people just stand there and watch it. But a point was made uh, by some, uh, there's a, a guy that has done a video online uh, interviewing some guy. Some guy talked about how he was at, at a McDonald's and um, uh, he was standing behind someone and the father literally punched this little girl in the face in front of everybody um, in the midst of standing in the McDonald's line when she wanted, when she asked for something. And then the guy standing behind stepped in to try to stop the father from beating on his own daughter. Well, guess what? Guess he went to jail? It was on video, McDonald's has cameras, And this was, I think the guy went to jail for like 20 years. So this was like 20 years ago. And, um, yeah, because he intervened and stopped her father and then got in some sort of altercation, some sort of fight with the father. He went to jail for 20 years. And the father, because it was considered uh, assault, And the father, it took longer to get him into court. The guy who actually abused his child, it took longer to get him into court, but because it was on video and because the guy who tried to stop its case went to court, I think it escalated uh, the fact that this father got prosecuted. But... The other guy went to jail before the father did. So the father was able to be with that child and abuse that little girl more before he actually ended up going to jail. I mean, it's how does this happen? The father should have been thrown into jail. And the guy who tried to stop him from abusing his own daughter should have never gone to jail. But he ended up going to jail for 20 years this is what we do in this country. So the point the guy made that went to jail for 20 years is don't touch anybody if you're in some sort of an altercation because you'll end up going to jail. Okay, I'm gonna have to make another um, podcast because this one's timing out almost 30 minutes. So I'll meet you on the other side. Okay, so I'm continuing my podcast about uh Shinkuela Robinson. I hope I got the last name right. Anyway. Um okay, we ended with me talking about how I feel that the society that we live in is there's just an epidemic of abuse. There's just an epidemic of abuse everywhere. It just baffles me how you can look around just as you're out in public and people are physically abusing each other out in the open. It used to be that that kind of crossing into someone's boundaries, you know, uh, going past the box that everyone has around them that is called a boundary just wasn't done in public. You just didn't do it unless you were asking to step into that box. Can I hug you? Can I kiss you? Can I shake your hand? Can I touch your shoulder? Can I fix your tag on the back of your shirt to tuck it in? You never ever, you know, or can can I get the eyelash off your your face or uh, you have something on your food on your face? Can I wipe it off your face? I mean, people always ask To cross that boundary. Right? And you do not come within. I don't know. A two to three foot box of somebody. Without asking them. Maybe even more. You know. know, Yeah two to three feet. that's, That's pretty good. Like you do not come within an arm's length of someone. Without asking them. Or without being someone who is really close to them. Like a really good friend. Or being married and even then even then I have friends that I've known since elementary school I ask I ask hey can I do this can I do that can I hug you can I you know it's respect it's just respect you don't startle somebody by coming up on them and doing something that they may not feel comfortable at in the moment with you doing any other time may be fine But, you know, you should always check with people. No matter how close you are to someone, you know, warn them when you're going to do something like that. I've seen people get hurt because someone was so startled by the fact that they just came into their boundary, came into their space, and they didn't expect it and they didn't mean to hurt them. But, you know, they just were so startled by it because, you know, you're thinking you're getting grabbed or somebody's doing something that they shouldn't do to you. But I see it. More often than not, now that people think it's okay to do that. Like, oh, this was like a few years back. It was probably five or six years ago. I was at Walmart and I, you know, someone jumped in front of me and there were a bunch of long lines, right? It might have been around the holidays. A bunch of long lines and someone jumped in front of me, literally walked right in front of me after I'd been standing in line for a while. And got up, you know, in front of me, there was maybe two or three people to the register, but they just walked right in front of me because I think they thought that I was going to be one of those people that just stood there and wasn't going to say anything. And I said something. I said, hey, you know, just walk right in front of me. Like, we've all been standing here. And of course, everyone around me agreed. We've all been standing here and you, but yeah, just walk right in front. And I don't mean to make generalizations, but i um, pretty sure they were drunk or high and they looked like, you know, kind of trailer trash white people. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's a generalization to make, but you know, they, you know, I wouldn't want to meet these people in a dark alley. Let's just say that it was a man and a woman. They were quite overweight, etc. Anyway, um, not really caring about themselves, but So then a line opened up next to me and I ran over to that line and as I was walking away after I just said that to them, the guy comes up behind me and he's screaming and yelling and, you know, I really think he thought he was going to intimidate me. Now, I'm not a small person. He was shorter than me. Um, I'm tall, you know, I'm five foot seven and but not like I'm not like, you know, six foot or anything, but, but, you know, and I have the presence, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm kind of, I guess people are intimidated by me because I don't look down. I look straight ahead. And if you come at me, I'm going to look you straight in the eye and, you know, I've never had anybody really mess with me because of that, I think, because I, okay, if you're coming towards me, you're, if you're going to try and hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And I think that's the kind of aura I put out there. And I've never had to do anything. I've never had any altercations with anybody. But this guy tried to come up on me. And he came really close to me. by me, And I just ignored him. I just ignored him. Because the one thing that I've learned about people like this. Like that. That are just looking for a fight. Is um, if you respond in kind. If you even look at them in any way then it just escalates. It just escalates. So if you act like you don't hear them and that you're not even paying attention to them, it may agitate them more that you're not paying attention. But typically they'll walk away. And he got up pretty close to me. And then the lady at the register called security. And she said, I'm calling security And then I was, I'm not going to say I wasn't flustered because I was worried he was going to take it crossing the boundary into my boundary. I was really worried he was going to do it and that I was going to have to do something. I was ready. You know, I grew up with two older brothers. I've been in fights with men who are older than me. And, you know, I think I'm a little, you know, about the same height as my brothers maybe. But, uh, I beat their ass. So (laughs) I was ready. You know, if he did something. And at that point, you know, I was alone. There wasn't anybody with me. But, you know, there were lots of people around me that were agreeing. And they were watching me. I noticed that everybody was watching me and just like really impressed with the fact that I didn't take it to where I could have taken it. That I didn't respond in fear. I didn't respond at all. I just was like, whatever. (laughs) Keep screaming! I really don't care if you're there, because you know I've gotten out of line. I've been another line. I'm gonna get through this line faster than you're gonna get through that line, all because they decided to walk in front of me, and I decided to say, "Oh sure, just walk in front of me." Well, I've been standing here all this time. Just walk in front of everyone in front of the line that is behind me that's been waiting. You know, just because I had the guts to say you shouldn't be doing this, right? So. Of course, everybody was behind me and supporting me and saying stuff to support me, which ticked them off even more. So, uh, security did come. The, they got scared, these two little nasty people. And they went back to the line. And as soon as I got up to the register, security... I think it was, it was in Walmart. Yeah, it was in Walmart. Uh, security came and they said, let's just stand here. They, they were plainclothes security. Security. And they were like, let's just stand here and wait. And, you know, you can go after. And what they did is they went out and made sure that those people had left, had driven away and were not coming back before they had me walk out to my car and get. And they walked out with me and helped me put my stuff in the car and apologized profusely because, you know, I guess I could have sued Walmart at that point for the way I got harassed and, you know, if they hadn't done something, right? And so, uh, but they were so concerned about the fact that this had happened to me that they didn't want me to leave until those people were gone, gone, gone. They said, we don't want them seeing what car you get in because then they'll just follow you. And the fact that they knew that and the fact that they had a fear of that means that it happens all the time that they know what's going to happen. Security guards at a Walmart, right? Plain clothes security. So it just kind of, that kind of even then affected me like, wow, they know that this is click, click, click how this is going to go. You know, when somebody does such this action, then we need to make sure the person that they're picking on, bullying or harassing, doesn't even walk out into the parking lot and show what car they drive. Because what they'll do is they'll go road rage on them or they'll road rage and follow them all the way back home and maybe do something to their house, whatever. So that's just how far we've gone with people thinking that they can cross boundaries we're not just talking physical boundaries we're talking you know social boundaries and and you know going as far as committing crimes that people think that this is okay that they're allowed to do this based on a feeling that they have in a moment so when you look at what happened to her down in Mexico These people thinking that they could cross these boundaries with her, which I think we're going to find out a lot more about what happened to this young lady, this 25-year-old lady down in Mexico that was murdered. I think we're going to find out that, you know, like I said before, that these people were using her probably long before uh, they went on this trip for money, things... Um, Maybe they had manipulated her in some way into some sort of submission to them. Or they hadn't manipulated her, been able to manipulate her enough. And they got her alone in a foreign country and decided to abuse her into manipulation. Maybe that was the plan. I mean, I think we're going to find out a lot of crazy stuff was going on within this friend group. And what I found also interesting was that her parents did not know these people. Her mother or her father had never been introduced to these friends that she knew in college. So, why didn't she bring them around her parents? Why didn't she introduce them to her parents? Like, my parents knew most all my friends. And if they didn't, I used to have a Christmas party every year that they met everyone. You know, um, my family members, my friends even knew my other friends. You know, there wasn't. This distinct keeping their way. Now, you know, when I first would date people, I wouldn't bring them around friends and family because I didn't want to, you know, anything to be too serious or anyone to scare them off with some stupid story. You just want to get to know the person before you bring them home to friends and family. That's different, you know. But as far as friends go, I would bring my friends right into the fold right away. So that was another weird sort of thing that came out of this story. I thought, "Mm, why didn't her parents know these people? People that she's taking a trip to a foreign country with. I mean, I know it's people always just Mexico, but it's still, it's a foreign country and things can happen. And then you're that far away from home, you're in another country, you have to have a passport to get there. You know, things can go down if you're there with the wrong people. So I wouldn't go on a trip with people that I didn't really know or trust to even another state. You know, I'd be be afraid I'd be too far away from, you know, getting help from friends and family unless I knew somebody that was there. Uh, Or let's just say people I trusted. So that was another thing that kind of came out of it. But I have noticed that, you know... (sighs) boundaries get crossed a lot of times, uh, out in public and out with people. So, you know, when you're not, when you're going on a trip with people that your parents can't even meet, man, you're you're taking a real chance to, you know, not have, uh, these people that you're taking this trip on, not know your your close family and your friend your close friends i'm i'm assuming she didn't have her close friends with her because these all sound like acquaintances from college i don't know it just didn't sound good but back to the original subject is you know i've noticed people take and cross boundaries nowadays that they never used to and um i think that that's why this went down so easily in Mexico for this group of people because people think that they can cross those boundaries. And we're seeing that more and more in our society and it's becoming more and more accepted um, for people to get in people's faces that they don't know. I mean, look at what's happened, you know, now that we have more cameras, now that we have more video uh, being taken out at places, uh, you're seeing how people treat, you know, employees. In the retail business, in the food business, you know, there's kind of businesses where it's a service business, you know, out of bars, um, things like that, where people are constantly pushing boundaries with the people who work there, throwing things at them, yelling at them, treating them badly because they think they can And, and for some reason they think because these people, they feel these people are more lowly than them. I mean, I've worked in retail. I worked at a bar restaurant when I was in college, you know, um, it's hard work, you know, it's not easy, you know, you're doing just as much as anybody else when you're working those jobs and you're not getting paid as much as other people or as much as you really should be getting paid. Right. And then to have someone come in and treat you badly, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 that's not going to happen. And, and granted, I had people try to treat me badly. But, you know, I've told past stories about what happens when you try to treat me badly. You know, I don't have to really physically do anything to anyone. I can just ignore you or, or you know, uh, I can call the security and get you kicked out. and So you never get to come back to either the mall that I work at or the restaurant that I work at, etc., etc. You know, you can't even be in the parking lot after they're done with you. And and I, would, I have said that in the past when people have done things that they shouldn't have done when I was working on a job. I will tell the security, I don't want this person ever even to be able to get into this parking lot ever again to get in here at me or anybody else. And they've made it so. You know, security won't let them even pull into the parking lot if their license plate's You know, their car is seen. They're on a list of of people that aren't allowed in to even drive into the mall. So, and I've watched police officers who have taken things a little too far with people when they're arresting them. That, you know, so I think, you know, that's another phenomenon we're seeing is, you know, police officers going too far. Now, I'm not saying all police officers do that. I mean, if if that was the case... Uh, we'd be seeing a lot more stories than we are seeing. But, you know, the ones who are doing that, they've apparently had past um, transgressions where they've been warned not to step over that line. You know, I think when someone steps over the line once, twice, they should be fired. They shouldn't even give them the three strikes you Because it seems the third or fourth strike is when they kill somebody. Or when they mortally injure somebody. You know... Because they think, well, I'm just going to get warned again. And, you know, when people are taking physical violence to a certain level, um, police officers included, uh, and they get away with it, then they just keep thinking they can't get away with it. And what screw has to be loose inside your head to think that you can do that except for the fact that you think you can get away with it? Um, a good example of this was um, when I watched the movie The Invisible Man. Now, this is The Invisible Man that Kevin Bacon was in. When he played the doctor, and it was, um, oh, what's her name? She was in um, uh, Babysitter's Avenger. Oh, I can't think of her name right now. The actress. Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue was his fiance or girlfriend. I can't remember. I haven't seen the movie in a while. But... Kevin baking is the doctor. They're both doctors working on this project, and he figures out how to make himself invisible. And at that point, he starts trying things. He starts crossing over lines. He stops. Starts stepping over boundaries, and he lives in an apartment. And the you know this is just an extreme thing that he did. Lives in an apartment, he knows he's invisible, and he's always been looking at this girl across the way, this beautiful model across the way. He literally goes over to the building, invisible, goes into this girl's apartment, figures out a way to get in, and rapes her because now there are no consequences. He's invisible. No one will know that he did it. So here's this really nice, docile guy who all goes to the exact opposite side of his personality from, you know, you're thinking, wow, what a nice guy. Elizabeth, shoe's so lucky. He's sweet. He's nice. But as soon as there are no consequences for his actions, he steps over to the other side, literally. And he goes over and starts doing things to people that he would, you would never think that a guy like that would do. But there are no consequences. Nobody knows it's him. So he goes and does it. He's doing these horrible things to people. So unfortunately, what is happening in society is that um, more and more we're seeing people carrying out these physical violent acts. More and more we're seeing people cross into people's boundaries uh, reality TV, I blame it big time. Uh, video games, you know, you may say I'm, I'm being um, just like everybody else, but I think video games put that in young people's minds, mostly young boys who play them, that they can cross lines, that women have to look a certain way, blah, blah, blah. Women are for, used for certain things. I mean, talk about misogyny and sexism at the worst that is the video games because it's all men creating them in their little fantasy oh this was my fantasy no this is misogyny and sexism and there's racism in that as well in those video games so you know these mediums social media uh reality tv you know like the jersey shore i'll never forget i stopped i started to watch just a couple of the shows because i'd heard so much about it and I'd say the second show in was when one of the guys on, um, and I think it was um, the main guy. who was always talking about t- being tanned and whatever. He crossed the line with Snooki. I remember her, her name because they're literally out of the bar and he's punching her and pushing her out in public at a bar. And she's this little bit of a thing and he's big and muscular and, and I just was like, that's it. I'm done. Oh my God. It was horrible. It was almost like watching this video that we watched with this girl who was just murdered down in Mexico. It was the same sort of thing. I'm surprised Snooki was not hurt really badly. Because he really knocked her head back and knocked her over onto the ground. It looked very similar to what we saw in this videotape with the girl in New Mexico. It was one of the episodes. I will never forget it. And I was like, I will never watch this show again. This is horrible. And I told, you know, everybody asked me why I didn't want to watch it. And I told them that's why. So these are the kind, you know, and then, uh, I don't know, all the housewives turning tables and fighting each other and... You know this is the example that we have in front of us and this is what our children are watching and this is what everyone's thinking this is okay now or you know we watch The Bachelor and we see how these people treat each other on The Bachelor and how they're using one another and and we and then we wonder when a group of six or seven friends goes down to Mexico why they would then think it was okay to trap this woman in a room naked with no no clothes videotape her as they are abusing her profusely we wonder how that happens it is an example of society there are more women maybe because we know more about it maybe because there's video maybe this has been happening you know I don't think as much but maybe it's always happened but I don't know. Women, there's there's a higher number of women who are killed by guns. In fact, I just heard the other day a, a, a report came out that said it used to be the number one killer of uh, children was something else. I think it was some sort of a disease. Now it's guns. It's guns. <laughs> it's guns. I think it was like act child accidents were, you know... Maybe toys, maybe child accidents. Now it's guns. Guns is the number one killer of people under the age of 18. That's scary. That's where this society is heading. It's getting more and more violent. You know, and what are we doing? We're not passing laws to make sure that guns aren't in people's hands as they shouldn't be. I think the age for guns should be past 21. I don't think a 21-year-old is mature enough to be holding a gun. And, you know, there are people who live in Montana and Texas, and things are all, well, our kids need to have guns. No, they don't. Your kids do not need to have guns. People at a certain age aren't even mature enough to handle life, nonetheless handle a gun. Well, and then people say, well, if you put someone in the Army at 18, they they get a gun. Well, that's different. They're in the army. They're being trained to use that gun for a certain purpose, right? I don't think people out in the public society should be having guns. And we've already established that only 30% of Americans own guns and they own more guns than, uh, I think they said, if we multiplied how many guns somebody had, by how many people were in America, that 30% of the population owns 10 guns per person that lives in America. So that 30% owns enough guns that 10 guns could be given to every person in America. So that's just how many guns that 30% has. That's scary. The kind of person that would buy a gun in the first place and they have... Tons of guns, and they're thinking you know these are gun kind of people who are thinking about overtaking the country if something happens i mean it's it's crazy, so I think we've just got an epidemic of abuse and violence within our our own homes that is just leading people to think that all this is okay. it's okay to have all these public abuse, uh, this public violence, it's okay to cross all those lines when people are growing up with the epidemic of abuse at home. I think there are more kids that are physically abused than ever. I think that it's out there and it's talked about, yes, but, you know, it's, of course, there's more people on the earth now, but there are just more. There's more child abuse happening. There's more domestic violence abuse happening. Um, most domestic violence is towards women, but there are is domestic violence towards some men, and there is domestic violence within homosexual couples. Um, there's some pretty awful ones that I've heard about. Some pretty awful stories within the homosexual community. It's kind of crazy about manipulation and abuse. So. You know, I just think it's become more prevalent and it's become sort of like a virus and a cancer within our society that, you know, behind closed doors, all this abuse is happening. Sexual abuse is happening to kids and to women, you know, to the point where you can, they take, you can take it to court and the, and the perpetrator doesn't even go to jail. Women get raped and the rapists are still walking the streets. They don't go to jail because somebody pays off somebody, or uh, somebody threatens to kill the victim if they don't shut up or drop the charges, and then we have all these rapists walking the streets, you know, and and then the attitude of men is, well, look at that. I can rape somebody and get away with it. Now we're back to the Hollow Man movie, where he was invisible, and he, if he could get away with it, well, he just went in and did it. When he wasn't Invisible. He was this very nice, docile, intelligent man. But when he didn't have to pay for the consequences, he just went ahead and did it. So the message that that sends to every every male on the face of the planet is, I can rape people and get away with it. I can assault people and get away with it. So I think there's just, it's like a cancer within our society. So then when a group of people go to Mexico, they all think that they can abuse this woman. And they went so far in abusing her that they killed her, that they murdered her. And then they ran away from Mexico trying to get away from it. So that's just something that I'm seeing. I'm seeing, you know, violence growing. And how can something like that happen? Well, this is how. We have this cancer that's just in our society, it just keeps eating away from our, so- our social mores and if we allow this to continue we're going to end up a very violent society more violent than we are now and that's a scary thought you could go on a vacation with your friends and they could kill you and get away with it there is somebody that's arrested on this I think the woman who was beating her in a video But I think the man who sat there and did nothing and videotaped the whole thing and asked her why she wasn't fighting back, I think his butt should be in jail for not helping her. I think they all, all the people that were there that went home and got away with it, I think they were all accomplices. I think they should all be in jail. But this is just my opinion. (laughs) I don't think anybody who's any part of that should have gotten away with it. But there's my analogy on what I think how society is contributing to what happened in Mexico. And that's it. That's just kind of what the point I wanted to make. This has been Diva Cerebration. Until next time.